Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, could potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You can say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You can ask with an app if it works for you. You could chat on the game, kick off your flip flops. You can ask on your couch while you binge watch. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Good evening, folks. No, this isn't the smooth-talking voice of Danny Boy and Reginald. No, it's Mark Oldops Guy Halpern here for the Sports Insanity Web Work. Coming to you tonight, March 6, 2023, at 8.15 p.m. No idea why I felt like signing an ad. Just watch Good Morning Vietnam. Maybe that's why. <laughs> we are here tonight joined by Bill Corpus Christi Murphy. Good evening, Bill. Good evening, Mark. Hey, uh, Mark, this is the first time ever you and I done this together. It's probably not the first, but definitely won't be the last. Yeah. As we know, everybody has important stuff going on in and out of work. And we make do with what we do. That's why we're called insanity. We keep doing the same thing over and over because we expect to get a different result. However, we're going to start a little bit differently. Normally, we want to start out on a high note. But if we reported only good stuff and not the bad stuff, we wouldn't be a good network. So we're going to start off in the NBA right now. And we got a, a new bad boy at the NBA, and it's not a good situation for him. John Morant at the Memphis Grizzlies has been one of the most dynamic electric players since his rookie year. And possibly not only the face of his franchise, but one of the young faces of the league in the new era, we're calling it the post-LeBron era, let's call it what it is. And it's a young kid coming into his own, and Jean Morant decided to take things into his own hands with people who were bothering him or going on Instagram like many of our problems, but how do we oh, talk to Jean Morant? He needs some counseling. The guy's going out because he's getting pressured by teenagers, flashes a gun to get the kid away. Mama's getting in trouble at the mall and she calls Jacques. He doesn't just come. He rolls up with nine of his friends to go to finish line because mama has a problem. Now, we don't have the full story on the mall incident, but what we do understand is that 
Zhao's mother was being treated very disrespectively and she called her son to come and help. Well, her son showed up with eight friends and that, you know, how it looks to security. So Bill, here comes the big question. You have a young player who is one of the most dynamic young players in the NBA now, better than, not, let's not say better than LeBron, as dynamic as LeBron was when he first came into the league, Carmelo, all of them. And he's trying to prove for a reason that he should be the number one choice in America. But what does this do for him? You know what? I think that this could put a lot of things in jeopardy for him. But, you know, like, for instance, um, I think on April 1st, I want to say um, Nike is releasing his new shoe. And but as of now, they said they're standing by him and they like the fact that he took responsibility. But you know what? I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know John Moran personally. I'm sure he's probably a nice guy. And listen, I get it, dude. You want to defend your mom. I, I think that's very noble. But showing up with your eight friends, that's a little – that's questionable at best. Um, But if you go on to the – um, it like this is someone who I'm deeply concerned about or – like when he went to the um, okay, we're adults. We can say this. When he went to the strip club, thank you. With a gun, and mm-hmm. he's parading it all over social media. I'm like, I'm like, how dumb do you gotta be to do that? I'm sorry. That's 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 not smart. Like the NBA, he could get in huge trouble with the NBA because the NBA said you. So you are not allowed to carry a firearm when you are on NBA business. And right. he's there for a game. He was in Denver, right? It was Denver. It was, in, it was in Denver, correct. He was in Denver for a game and he was there on NBA business. And that go and the NBA is gonna investigate him. He's gonna get in big trouble. And plus, you know what? I was listening to what Dan Patrick had to say about this today. And I 100% agreed with him. If you feel like you need to go to a strip club and carry a gun, then don't go to the strip club or get security or get security to go with you. And that's a very, very good point. Now, one thing I want to point out, as Bill pointed out, that this happened in Denver. It's not that a federal gun law is enacted. States have different gun laws wherever you go. And one of the big things that was pointed out is Colorado is a carry and free state, just like Texas. However, you cannot carry if you're under the influence of alcohol. We do not know whether he was or was not, whether he was under the influence of any narcotics or any other illegal substances. So him flashing his gun and being sober about it could have even more ramifications on top of him because let's just call it what it is it's a very big problem for a i don't hate to call them a small ball club but the memphis grizzlies aren't i mean are really trudging along in the nba as they are but are not you know number one in the league but john morant is that carrier and has to show a little more intelligence don't you agree bill Oh, 100%. And like, and, you know, 
but you know, going back to what you just said about, you know, it's not just the state law, like with Colorado, but you also got to look at it this way. And I talked about this a few minutes ago. And I talked about this a few minutes ago. The NBA has their policy about firearms. So correct. And before we get to the smooth vocal tones of Danny Boy Reginald, who has come into the room, we're going to make this very clear is that the gun law with the NBA and the gun law with federal are two separate things. Right now, he was suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies for two games. This has now been changed to indefinitely. Dan, why has this been changed so quickly? Well, first of all, John needs to be away from the team because he can't can't go back to the Grizzlies. He flashed a gun on Instagram Live. He can't go back to the Grizzlies right now. That guy needs some help to, you know, figure out, you know, why his certain actions could cause so much harm, not only to him, but to others around him. Forget rules. Guy needs to get some therapy. The guy needs to look into himself a little bit in his personal life and you know moving forward really has to change things up a little bit when i saw that video on ig live or the source for the of his ig live when i saw that you know not to be some dickhead excuse my language He's a thug. Thug. You know, that hurts to say. Because Morant, you know, we had nothing but high praise for this guy. Yet the immaturity and just the pure dangerousness, pure recklessness, really, that he puts out lately with his public encounters, it's Kind of shocking. And like, listen, I don't just want to go off you for a second, Dan, but you know, with the gun, that was dangerous. And like, listen, I'm not a gun guy. I don't know a lot about it. So I'm not an expert. So I'm going to say that right now. But one, I don't know if he's licensed to carry. One. Two. God forbid if he was intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Alcohol and guns are not a good combination. No. Because God forbid he could hurt or kill someone or hurt or kill himself. Oh, just think about it this way. A New York Giants receiver did the same thing, except he shot himself in the leg. True. This is just, again, like I'm going to go back to what Dan Patrick said. When he said, if you feel like you have to carry a gun to go to a strip club, then don't go. And, you know, that's common sense. One thing, uh, you know, as we get more and more information on exactly what happens with Ja, what his future with the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies are and how far this is going to go will only come as more news comes out and we'll filter it as it comes out for you and we'll make sure that you're getting the correct opinions because, hey, look, we all could be wrong. And, hey, look, Santa Claus can land on my roof tomorrow. But the 
it's not going to change anything. But let's get into a little bit more happiness. It's springtime. We know the WBC is literally knocking on our door. And we've had different opinions on what the WC basically means. And we've had double, definitely different opinions on when it should be held. But regardless of what our opinions are, it's still starting on Thursday. And it kicks off Tuesday night with Cuba and the Netherlands. In all the time in my life, I never thought I would hear I say baseball's kicking off with Cuba and the Netherlands. However, and this year it is, and I'm excited to see it as we will have very in-depth coverage on, we have only so many members, we have randomized the teams and we've kept out the United States. This way there could be no home court bias. But everybody got one to two teams per person. Myself, Australia, which you could go view on the uh, YouTube page, is up. China will be up tomorrow. Uh, Mike just released uh, Great Britain and Cuba. Dan is going to be having some great stuff on the DR and on um, Italy. Italy. I couldn't believe I forgot that one. Mm. Bill is going to be coming to you with Arriba, Andale, 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 Mexico. Ross really doesn't change much accent as he'll be going to Canada. Considering Ross loves hockey, he belongs there. There you go. And then Patchy has got Israel and Japan as those will be up tomorrow. So we are going to try to keep track as many teams as possible and keep you up to date. But we're going to start with Bill. Yes. Bill Bill's our Mexico guy and he's right down south. Bill, what are we looking for from Mexico? I think what we're looking for with Mexico, you know, we are going to be seeing, you know, Luis Urias as shortstop. Okay. And Randy Azema as left field and Alejandro Kirk as catcher. And right now I think Mexico is going to be a very strong team. Okay. I think they could be very strong and and with Urias, Urias behind the plate, he throws out runners. So I'm excited to see how this Mexican team is going to do. The pitching staffs will be Julio, Julio Urias, Patrick Sandoval, Tarihan Walker, and Jose Ucre. And the Mexican manager is going to be Benjamin Gil. I think that's how you say his name. So I like the take. Can't wait to read more. Dan, what does the DR have to say? They lost their big gun in Vladdy, which I'm... Why? I'm stunned about... Well, I'm not stunned because he's hurt. But, you know, I was excited to see how he'll do in the world stage, and he's not going to be able to show that anymore. So... um yeah, it's it was it was a big blow when I found out about Black uh, Guerrero's injury, and now he has to uh, miss out on WBC. But uh, meanwhile, I mean this this Dominican lineup is still uh, as stacked as ever. They had great pitching. I mean, led by Alcantara for sure. Uh, 
<laughs> the funny thing is Cueto's going to be there too. Yeah. Uh, the Marlins. <laughs> well, the, the entire major league is basically leaving. It, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is I have Australia and, you know, not to put down the Aussies because I'm actually really psyched because when the Olympics were in Australia, there was nothing better than turning on the TV and hearing whether it was 50 or 500 Australian fans with that Aussie, Aussie, Aussie chant. And you have one half of the stadium and the other half on the return. So I can't wait to hear that. But Warwick Suppold and Aaron Whitfield, who used to play in the majors over here for a while, nothing really big, KC, will be really the major league headliners, not to take away from anybody else who is going to be there um, as Rosters are changing daily as injuries are updated. As Dan pointed out that um, Vladdy Jr., who was originally credited with one for one and an RBI and a stolen base, actually the stolen base was taken away as it was later determined that he injured his knee and had to be pulled for a runner. And right knee inflammation is what's going to keep Vladdy out of the WBC, which is which is sad because you can see not only the amount of power he puts behind the ball, but the amount of passion the guy plays with. And all them. one of the yeah. best young guns in baseball. So we're sorry to see him go down, but hopefully it's nothing serious and it won't prevent him from starting the league. But we've talked this before, and we're just going to talk it a little briefly. Injuries are going to happen. I mean, baseball, it's a sport. Anything with a sport can happen. The biggest fears for me being the New York Mets is basically my entire top nine is playing in the WBC and one injury and the billions of dollars that Steve Cohen is throwing is going to go right to the ground. As a Mets fan, that has me worried, but we can only deal with what we can handle. Dan, besides obvious the injury and Bill, you know, you're in the same question. What else could potentially happen? Could the WBC not be employing all the rules that the major league has now with the pitch clock? Probably will not be with the WBC. So is that going to throw off spring training for a lot of players? We'll start with Bill on this one. I'm going to say it could, because now if you're, because if they're not applying the pitch clock rules, they're just gonna they're just gonna sit there and take their sweet old time, and and by the time they get back to their respective teams, they're gonna be so thrown off, and because it's gonna be so close to opening day, that's only gonna give them a very very short time to get back into the swing of things, because the championship game is. March 21st. Yep. Which is literally three weeks away. And, and then it's that game is nine is just a little more than a week away from opening day. So I think in a way it's like the quicker you get eliminated, the better off your team is once you think about it. Right. And one thing that we have told our members is both of their teams get knocked out early or their only team gets knocked out early. There are going to be plenty of teams still in, so they'll jump in and pick up another team that's advancing on this way. We can keep continuing with good coverage. 
Dan, with the same issue being taught, uh, let's only call it for really one portion. The Major League Baseball has a lot of new rules that are in effect that might not be in the WBC. How is that going to play with them? Well, it's a lot of the new rules in Major League Baseball just strictly aren't there. And yeah, I think the more that they fall in line with the WBC um, uh, play and the more they try to follow that, the less that they will focus on the way they're going to do things in the major leagues, which blows because these a lot of these players, I mean, a lot of the New York Mets, Mark, you know, they're going to have to get used to the pace of play in major leagues. They're going to have to get used to the pitch clock. They're going to have to get used. The batter's going to have to get used to getting into the batter's box. So it's a, it's a tad worrisome. Uh, this, is, this is why I count my blessings that a lot of these Yankees aren't going to the World Baseball Classic. Of course, no offense to the lovely World Baseball Classic. It's a great event, and I love it. But especially for this season, I think it's great that the Yankees are taking a step back a little bit from the, the, some of the players are still going, but that they that they won't participate much because the focus a lot is on the new rules of this coming season. And obviously right. win. So I'm, I count my blessings every day that a lot of these uh, Yankees are not going to head over there to, to their respective countries and play in the tournament. Um, but I, I, I worry that a lot of these players who have been training to get into that little bit of rhythm, they're going to fall out of it. And then it's going to cause other issues for the major league season, which is why knowing that the World Baseball Classic is somewhat run by Major League Baseball, why they should have implemented the rule. But I get it. A lot of the countries that play the game don't have these rules. So you want to have a fair playing field. Now, going back to Dan very quickly after I bring this up, one of the rules that will not be out there is the rule about the infield shift. Now, Dan and I have talked about this today after last night's uh, report on the Boston Red Sox. Dan, why don't you take it into us? What has Joey Cora done? So, Alex Cora, he's sorry, Alex Cora. My bad. It's fine. Um, he he the the moron found a damn loophole because of course he did. He he like many other major league managers don't probably didn't want the shift to get out of baseball. So obviously you, you can no longer shift the infielders. Infielders have to stay in place. It has to be two infielders on each side, the diamond, blah, 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 blah. But that rule doesn't apply to outfielders, right? Right. So they end up shifting the center fielder going into shallow right field and then moving the left fielder to center field, right fielder stays, and you have this little makeshift type of thing, shift type of thing, where you know you have your center fielder in shallow right, where 
probably the shortstop would have been, you know, when he's shifting from um, shortstop over to the second base side. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is in place, including the, the second and first baseman. Shortstop, third baseman don't move anywhere either. And you have a little bit of an outfield shift. And it really pissed off Joey Gallo. And I can understand how this could piss off Gallo as, let's face it, Gallo is a natural pull hitter. The man Mm -hmm. has hit a couple opposite shots, but, you know, basically the shift was put in to stop pull hitters. So Major League Baseball and enough managers complained and enough owners complained that they got rid of the shift. Bill, the infield shift you have seen over the last half decade or so. And now it's been taken out. But, of course, your friendly neighborhood up north, the Boston Red Sox, find a way around it. Well, one, can we just say there's loopholes to everything? Um, Yeah. but I just want to say, um, yeah, finding that loophole. And I think this is really going to, I think, like, just getting rid of the shift is really going to help pull the pull hitters, like what you were saying. And this could give us more singles and a lot more runs. So I'm looking forward to this. Look, I think that this, the, the way they're going to, sh- the, the teams may start shifting. Mm-hmm. Can't. It's like a 50-50 type of thing. Because at least with the last type of shift, at least a lot of these teams knew that these hitters weren't going to hit on the other side. They just weren't. A lot of these hitters are not trained to do that. There's a train hit in the outfield. So if you squeeze that ball into either side of the outfield, like, or if you're a lefty that likes to go to the other side and you hit the ball to left field and left field's wide open because left fielders in center field, then this could potentially put it to put um, some dangerous situation in terms of runs and possibly extra bases, probably triples and stuff. Um, But that's if they actually, the batter executes it correctly. Now, for this all to happen, if you picture what Dan was saying in his mind, there's nobody in left field to catch the ball. Yeah. At the moment. So you got to hope you have a Ken Griffey Jr. like center fielder who can cover the ground like he did, yeah. but you're also counting on the fact that statistics play where they're going to play. And a guy who hits 101 to left field versus somebody who hits 270 to right field, you're not going to really worry about left field too much. And you're going to play the core version, which I'm sure baseball is going to find a problem with it and find some way to work against it. But kind of a brilliant move when when you look at it after it has been revealed. Going from the ALE's hated country in Boston, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little Yankees as we always do. And Carlos Rodon was on the mound yesterday for the Yankees. And by the second inning, I had clicked it off because I actually wanted to watch Rodon pitch. Yeah, but by the second inning, it's all Rodon saw as he gave up five earned runs. Sorry, six earned runs on five hits, 
to go along with now his spring training ERA. Now, as Dan has said before, and we'll stick with what Dan has said, spring training eh, doesn't mean what it is. It's spring training. Get all your problems out now. But spring training ERA is 14 and a half. For someone who's getting paid like Carlos Rodon is, as Yankees fans, as I'm about to throw this to, I'm going to start with Bill. You have to be a little uneasy. Yeah, I am a little uneased because, you know, 14 and a half ERA, giving up five earned runs yesterday, that, that is a sign of concern. And But you know what? I'm not overtly worried right now because, you know, it's spring training. It's spring training. This is the time to get all the kinks out. But at the same time, is could this possibly carry over to the season? And that's a possibility. But, you know, I just want to say, aside from Rendon, though, the young bats for the Yankees, Dominguez and Dominguez and Westbrook and Bastadas, I think think I'm saying his name right. Um, Forget Cabrera. And Cabrera. The coming, scoring eight runs yesterday in the top of the ninth down Six to two, coming back to win this game, ten to six. Dan, your take on Carlos Rodon and the young guns to have saved the day. I mean, me watching Rodon pitch in spring training and see how bad he has done. Oh, excuse me. Do his first couple starts. Am I a little concerned? No. But I am monitoring it because if he continues to have these pitching performances, the closer and closer he gets to spring uh, to uh, opening day, then I'll become concerned. Um, so that that's why I'm I'm not necessarily, but I am monitoring it because uh, that I did not like what what I saw. Um, yeah, that that was rough, but you know, like you said, you got people that have your back, and you know that could uh, either score runs or bullpen come in, shut the door down, and that's a refreshing sight to see. Now, that being said, we're going to jump over to Queens for a minute, and now that Steve Cohen is done putting in his new toy that he had to have, that is bigger than Jerry Jones's scoreboard in Texas, almost. City Field will be home to probably two of the top pitchers over the last decade, and Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. To throw in there, Kodai Sanga, who had his first start and wasn't the best outing, but it wasn't the worst. Two innings. He did give up an earn run, but struck out two. Ended up getting the win, which is fine. In two innings, you really don't really care. You're not really caring about wins or losses for your starting pitchers and Spring training, you want to work on the mechanics. So the wind doesn't really factor really into anything. But Kodai Sanga walked two batters. And the one thing that he got walked on was this new pitch that he is a, a well, it's not a new pitch, it's a pitch he's bringing over from international. And it's called the ghost forkball. Now, if anybody has played baseball, hitting a forkball alone is almost impossible. It's like hitting a knuckleball, it dances. But the ghost acts like a curve, so it goes out of that eye line and comes back in. That was the pitch that wasn't working. 
as like Dan said, and I said earlier, and Bill said, you're working out the kinks. So he's going to work on this and pit, you know, learning to pitch within the time clock frame, which could be what's screwing him up. It's actually an excellent point is that, you know, with the implementation of the pitch clock, it has affected some pitching performances. That is very true because it's more faster than usual, faster pace that a lot of these pitchers are just not quite used to. So I'm not saying that I'm not saying that's the reason, but it could very well be. Now, also, the Mets have a problem which every club wants to have. You have a crop of AAA players, all of them hitting home runs in spring training that are going a country mile, except what Hunter Renfro did for the Los Angeles Angels Day, and that ball is still going. It's over 470-plus feet. But having players like Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, Ronnie Mauricio, mind you, these are all young kids invited to spring training. Two of them are AAA and Major League ready, where one of them is a AA, should probably be starting in AAA, but will possibly be a casualty to trade as Francisco Lindor, unless the Mets can train him to play second base. But we'll be monitoring in more on Mets and Yankees as we get closer as Let's face it, here on SIN, that's what you're going to hear a lot of, and maybe some national talk, you know, once in a while. When March 30th comes around. Yeah, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about everybody. But in here, you're going to hear a lot more Yankee and Met than you would hear Toronto and San Francisco Giants. But we're going to give everybody their just due. Now, if staying in New York wasn't just good, it's great. I love being in the city when the Knicks are winning because everybody on the street is all in a good mood because let's face it. When the Rangers and the Knicks are losing, people are in pissing moods around Times Square and all that. The Knicks have won nine straight games and why I had to slap my leg on nine straight games. I have no idea. Because you did. The other night, (laughs) the other night, We've wrapped up our show, and then we were waiting for Patch to come teach me how to get the uh, podcast live because God knows I'm an old man who doesn't know technology. And Dan and I are watching this Miami Heat-Nick game go back and forth like the days of the old. And I'm talking about the 1990s Knicks-Heat matchups that were unbelievable. But Julius Randle, Ala Larry Johnson in the wrong state in the wrong corner. Hits the most unbelievable as Dan, and we're going to quote it, bad shot. And it was, it was the worst shot, but with the amount of time he had less, it was the only option. And there's a term in football that I want to call, this was a Hail Mary. And it went in. Mm-hmm. And as Mike said, I think Mark broke. Cause I didn't move. I was frozen on screen. Dan was about 15 seconds behind. So when Dan saw it, he was going, Oh, and then big smiles, Dan, New York Knicks. What's happening. Ooh. Whoa. First of all, nine game winning streak. They're the toast of the town, man. Like everyone's talking about the Knicks, even here in Virginia, all the, all the New York sports fans, they're coming alive. You they being one of them here. It's great. It is absolutely fantastic. First of all, that that performance by Julius on Friday night, he was it wasn't just that shot that he just chucked up there and made it. I think 
a lot of his shots, he just chucked up there and it just kept going in and in. And then you're wondering, how the heck are these shots going in? Like, it's nuts. But no, Julius, uh, he was fantastic on Friday. Uh, and then Sunday and Sunday. And I've been waiting for this moron to finally get in on the action. And look, he has, you know, off the bench, you'll give like 20 point games and stuff, but, but it, it, it wasn't like a coming out moment. This was Emmanuel quickly's coming out moment. He had 38 points. He led the way that he would, he carried the Knicks against the Boston Celtics on Sunday night. And uh, uh, Knicks won in, in double overtime, which I, I I still can't believe. Once again, the Knicks can't close out a game in the fourth quarter against Celtics. But man, Emmanuel quickly just was on fire. Like this guy was having so much fun. He was becoming a nut, but it was a good nut. Good nut, definitely. Shots. One he, nut. He had he had every right to chuck up a lot of these shots. Uh, now, I don't necessarily approve of the showboating and the dancing, um, especially if imagine the Knicks didn't win. I would have been really upset with that. Right. But when you're winning, it's so much fun to do it. Now, Dan, before, before you, you've been making the gestures because, you know, with the hand. Was this his, I don't know, moment? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was. It was his Michael Jordan. Exactly. Yeah, the, 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 Sorry, the little the little like stepping and the the twist and shouting and all that stuff like oh, this, this is the cool. Julius we were missing from two years ago. Yeah, and no, this is what well, we needed. Yeah, uh, uh, again, Julius Randall had another stellar night. R.J. Barrett also Barrett. putting up a point nine spot too. So I'm glad that uh, I just wish he was just more consistent on the fucking floor. Excuse my language, but um, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just really passionate about it. Look, the, the, I've been waiting for this coming out party for Emmanuel quickly. And look, they, he has shown some flashes, but this is the moment where America probably watches like, who is this Emmanuel quickly guy? All I've seen is this guy just uh, come off the bench and he's flashy. Where did this come from? 38 points? He's going to put a 40 spot? Oh, man. And now he is... He is definitely a top candidate for six man of the year. How can he not be? I couldn't agree with you more. Bill. Yeah, I just want to say quickly against the Celtics, 38 points. Julius Randle, 31 points and nine rebounds. And RJ Barrett with 29 points. All I could say is for the great city of Boston, I say that sarcastically. Nah, I'm just kidding. If we have any folks up there, you're on. A good number of you are probably lovely folks, but all I could say is against the Boston Celtics, St. Patrick's Day is 11 days away, and all I could say is last night, Irish eyes were not smiling. You know, Bill, that was pretty good. I'll give you credit for that one. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I have to say. I'll, I'll give you that one, Bill. That was a good one. You know, the Boston Celtics, you know, have always been – up at the top and have messed with the Knicks a lot, but nothing better than the scene. The Knicks take two out of two out of two in three days, basically. Yeah. And they won a season series against Boston too. 
something that which is very huge which never happens that right. never happens nick celtics you kidding me one of the biggest things is and i'm going to say it again because i've said it friday now i'm going to say it again i said fourth place you know i'm going to do the michael jordan from his uh thing. yeah except i'm not counting down i ain't counting i don't know if we can hit first god what a, what a dream that'd be that insane yeah. Right uh, now, they're two games out of fourth. If I, if right, yeah, yeah. right behind the Cavs. Yeah. Not to jump the gun, because I know this team is going to hit a snag. There, there, there's no way this can continue. This can't continue on. No. But um, no, uh, they're eventually going to hit a snag. They're due for a loss. Um, but man, can we dream of a possible? third seed it's possible i mean if if they keep winning it's gonna be it's gonna be tough they're probably just only get to the fourth seed but if they keep winning like this convincing victories and stuff or you know hard-fought victories like the ones against miami the ones against boston i mean if they keep winning, it's, it's certainly something that we have to watch out for. Um, now, like I said, I, I don't think this winning will continue. One of these games, they're going to slip up, and it's going to unfortunately going to be against inevitably. A lot of the, yeah. lot of the, a lot of the easier, easier games are going to slip up, and you know they're they're eventually going to go on uh, one of those big East tournament trips out to like the West Coast and stuff, or and stuff. So it's gonna. It's going to be a tough one coming up, but yeah, no, I'm very excited. Also, the fact that they put up 142 points on the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, (laughs) that was, that was a, just a smooth McAllen, like 24 year old going down. Yeah. And it's no longer, this was never a Nets city. This was no. never in this town. This is all Knicks. And if the if the if if you want proof that it's all Knicks, just look at the back page of the papers. Just listen to sports talk radio locally. No one was talking about the Nets anymore. They were never talking about the Nets. It was all never. One of the things that we can look forward to is a double-digit win streak as the Knicks will face a little mellow ball-less Hornets tomorrow night. Mm. So as Dan said, you know, it's the easier games they might slip up on. And that's a possibility because let's face it, anytime a team is heavily favored or is on a run like this, everybody jinxed them. So against the Hornets tomorrow night, we shall see. But all points to smiles. Now, if being in New York as a basketball player isn't tough enough, try being out in L.A. and try being LeBron James. Okay, enough said. Now we can all cry for him. LeBron James, yet again, missed another game with his tendon in his leg, and he's going to miss a few weeks, a tendon in his ankle, and he's going to miss at least three, four weeks. However, L.A. is on their own win streak lately, picking up their sixth straight win without LeBron James and the man under the center, Mr. Unibrow, Anthony Davis has been delivering 
39 points the other other night against Golden State. Another double-double. What is going on in L.A., Bill? I think right now with, um, on Friday, Anthony Davis, 38 points. Um, collect, you know, 39 points in the, in the next game on, on Sunday. I think right now, from what we're seeing, I think Anthony Davis is carrying this team right now. You know, I think he has been doing a great job stepping up while LeBron's been out. So I, I would consider him in a way kind of like the Scottie Pippen in a way. I know that's a weird comparison, but like how Michael Jordan was top. Right. I see where you're going with it. And I can kind of see that with um, Anthony Davis. He's really carrying this team right now. And, and you know what, this is actually going to really bring up a good question. Do the Lakers really need LeBron? Now that's a very good question. And I'm going to answer that first and foremost. Yes. Cause a lot of the team is older members. And when you have Anthony Davis, putting up 30 plus percent of your points. However, a good part of your bench and your rest of your starting card is putting up over seven, eight percent. You need players to be better and helping out on points wise. It can't always be LeBron or AD, even though that's why they got them is to be able to put up these big points. But right now, Dan, is it more advantageous for L.A. to get more of these young timers in and get more of a sense of time sharing done? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, you, you have to have you have to have some of these players, you know, do what they got to do to make this team better. And, uh, but they 100 percent need LeBron. I, I'm sorry. But the, the but of course, the fact that they can sort of get on a streak without him. Just go show you how how better of a team that the Lakers are. We better than we thought, really. So I'm, I'm glad that um, they're able to win, and Anthony Davis is able to stay healthy for this run, so that they can continue winning. One person that I do want to give credit for this is sort of back to back games where he's had an, an awesome performance is Austin Reeves. He has been stellar of late. And if he could continue to put that production scoring wise and going up and down the floor and doing his thing, um, you know, this guy, this is was like third year in the league or something like that. Second year in the league. Um, if this guy can continue doing that, he's only 24 years old. And that could be a very nice piece that the Lakers can uh, really take advantage of. And, you know, L.A. is never a team I've ever considered to be down so and out, so to speak. So, you know, we'll see what happens in a month when LeBron comes back and if it's, you know, if he's able to play at a caliber to help keep L.A. in it. I don't really think he would be, be on playoff caliber. I think he'll be fine personally. But enough L.A. We're just going to move over to the next biggest state. We're going to Texas, baby. Everything's better in Texas. Football's better in Texas. Barbecue's better in Texas. College football's better in Texas, let's face it. However, and high school. However, in the state of Texas, there was a shootout between the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks the other night, which finished off with the Phoenix Suns winning 130 over 126. 
in a game that literally came down to the final minutes with Kevin Durant drilling another three-pointer just to pretty much stake their win inside the chest of the Dallas Mavericks. However, after the game, Uh Luka Doncic and Devin Booker, man, it looked like the Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson confrontation from white men can't jump with both of them smiling. You look, it looked like a major brawl was about to happen. And with a team with just getting probably one of the hottest players in the NBA, you really don't want to see him get involved in a scrum and get mixed up. Dan, what was more about the problem that happened between Devin Booker and Luka Doncic after, at the close of the game? It, it might have just been frustration. I mean, you know, I think Booker was chirping at him a little bit and Luka just got tired of it. That, 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 that's based on what I watched in the highlights. I could be dead wrong. Um, but from my understanding, again, yeah, just a bit of a little bit of chirping a little bit. And, you know, you, you get, you get, you get a little upset and, first of all, I think Luke is being a bit of a baby here. Like, you know, just, just take, just take the L and move forward, you know? Um, but no, that, that, that was pretty funny. It's pretty funny to see how sensitive Luka Doncic really is uh, when he's on the losing end of things. And Devin Booker is just absolutely trolling his ass like that. That's pretty dope. Bill, before I get to you, I just want to say one thing quickly. If you look at the Phoenix Suns, their two biggest point scorers were Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, each with 37 and 36 apiece. If you want to look at the Dallas Mavericks, you have Don Chick with 34, Irving with 30, and Tim Hardaway Jr., little Timmy, with 21. I'm sorry, I was a big fan of Timmy Hardaway when he was with the Knicks. And you have Kevin Durant outperforming Chris Paul, which was a Big change in my opinion, but let's hear what Bill has to say. Bill, yeah, Kevin Durant, last, I mean, sorry, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, and Devin Booker, and the Phoenix Suns and the Mavericks. Yeah, I've been first of all, what an end to the game with Kevin Durant and him and Devin Booker, like you said, combined for seventy three points last night. But I was, I was just watching the. Um, I please ex, excuse me for being rude, but I was watching the. Uh, I was just watching the brawl. Just to get well, not the brawl, but you know what I mean. The scrum. The scrum, just so I can get a better picture. Um, yeah, but if you look at first, Don Chick is laughing. And I'm like thinking, do you think this is like dead serious? Like we're gonna just straight up kill each other? Or do you think maybe he thought they were just playing around and then they had to separate everybody? It's just, I don't know, it's kind of weird to me. You know, when you look at the stats of both teams i look at the stat of luka Doncic. he might have went one from nine from three pointers which is usually a decent 30 35 percent shooter from three point land he went one from nine but he hit 14 free throws i'm sorry the phoenix suns gave away 14 points that's how i look at it i look at for where the beat the big key statistic is and for me it's that mind you you know Phoenix ended up winning the game, but it was closer than it really should have been. Do you agree with that at all? Um, that Phoenix should have won, that the game was closer that than the it should game, have been? That free throws 
was a very big reason why Dallas was still in it. Yes. Okay. Dan? I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, obviously, it, if you're either making free throws or missing free throws, it keeps you in the game. So probably an advantage for Dallas to uh, convert those. With the with the exceptions of Luke Longley, Shaquille O'Neal, and a few others that we'll mention over the years, I'm sorry, a free throw is what it is. You get paid a million dollars a year, you don't miss one. I'm sorry, it's a point. I have stood at the free throw line and shot for hours with friends. It's there. It's called mm-hmm. free. Don't give yeah. up your opportunity. It, 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 it's, a, it's a mind game, though. Well, you're also not usually facing when you're in uh, the gym at uh, right. Club Fit. You're not facing 20,000 fans screaming your screaming at you, and also you got all those fans right behind the basket, you know, distracting the crap out of you. So, yeah, there is a level of psychology that is played. Yeah, it. you know, it, it's, a, it's a mind game. That, that's how free throws work. Here you go. Big wide open shot. Just make it in. Now, I'm going to say this because I can. Patrick Ewing was one of the best big guy free throw shooters in basketball at one point. I'm just going to say that and let that be out there because that proves big men can shoot. Rounding out our night here. It's a fun one, personally. I have been a fan of his since he's come into the league. And I pretty much can't honestly think that anyone could actually hate the guy unless you're playing him in the final game of the uh, NBA championship. But Giannis, Dan, pronounce the last name. Antetokounmpo. Thank you. Did something last night that he's done all season, but in Giannis-type fashion. Giannis yet recorded another triple-double, but by his own hands. Instead of letting the clock run out, he knew how many rebounds he had. So he dribbled his way up the court, got underneath the basket, did not attempt to make the shot because that would have been a little bit disrespectful, but lightly tapped it off the bottom part of the rim in the backboard. So it'd be counted as a rebound, a defensive rebound. So he would get the triple double bill. Yeah, but they're now um I'm reading right now that the tenth rebound for the triple double was according to Bleacher Report was rescinded by the NBA. Now that would be news I did not read. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it broke like an hour ago. So yeah, it, it, I did not read it, it. Yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> well, considering where the ball hit, you know, at first I thought and then I said, well, it did touch part of the rim and part of a shot. If it hits the rim, it's called a rebound, but there is, I'm sure there is. I would have to literally go read the rule book. I'm sure there is a rule in which it plays out in some way that it would be rescinded. But I, if it does, Giannis did, doing just Giannis stuff and the Milwaukee Bucks being pretty much one of the top contenders in the NBA right now. Dan and Bill, on I know you just uh, report, Bill, you just crushed my dreams and report. No, just kidding. Sorry, buddy. No, no, no. That Giannis. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 what would be the reaction for this, Bill? My reaction to the triple-double being rescinded? Being taken away. Do you think he cares? I don't think he really does. Because does it matter for him? 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't really think it does because the guy really just, you know, just the guy is an absolute beast. So I think one triple double that was rescinded, he'd be like, meh, whatever. I'll move the next game. It was a slick move they tried to do there. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. It was it was a a little bit of a slick move there. He tried to you know beef up his little stats there. And I yeah. get it. You, you want that? It's it's all individual. That's the thing about the NBA. It's all about the individual. It's never and- about you know not not it's never <laughs> about but you know it's it, it it's an individualized sport. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and. You know, you want to know what the great thing about the end of that game was? Not the fact that he did what he did. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah, Sorry exactly. for breaking the, uh, the the language barrier. Nobody cared. Nobody rushed him on the court and tackled him. Nobody got up in his face. Because it doesn't matter. It wouldn't have changed the game any. They didn't stop him. They let him go. It doesn't matter. Like my, you know, I'm going to throw this back before we end it. When LeBron got fouled during that one game and I came out with my comments saying, oh, he's a big bait. He was fouled. I'm not going to say he wasn't. It was his reaction is what bothered me. The guy making 50 million a year doesn't need to cry on the floor like a baby. But the reactions from the Bucs and what happened, nobody cared. Nobody wrangled him. It's all fun and games and paychecks when you want to look at it, what it all comes down to all these guys. But you know the paychecks. Unfortunately, yes, because base, it's no longer a game. It's now a business to them because it's their futures they're relying on. But that'll be the end for us here on the top of the first game 13 here on the Sports Insanity podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. If I did all the talking, it'd be no fun. So Dan, where are they finding us on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera? So you're going to find us at SIN Sports Insane for the podcast and at S Insanity Real for the network uh, on both Facebook and Twitter at S Insanity Real. Please follow us. And if you're looking for my smooth operator to the north and my crispy friend to the south here, according to the way my uh, Zoom windows are lined up, want to thank you for joining us. Always a thank pleasure. you for putting up with us. Mm-hmm. And from Mark Oldowski, Halpern, Dan, Danny Boy, Reginald Ryans, Bill, Corpus, Crispy, Murphy, who we can't wait to hear who he ends up having to talk about on the NC tournament this year so we can give him a new nickname. We bid you a fond adieu. And we're not ending it like Rifkin. We're ending it like me. We'll catch you on the flip. Peace. Stay safe, take care. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.